listening to GP Life Hacks with Dr. David Land. So it's a spectrum, isn't it, guys? Yeah. The most acute end of the spectrum, you've got acute otitis media. This has got nothing to do with otitis externa now. We're just mm, talking about yeah, the spectrum the of otitis media illnesses. So on the acute side, you've got acute otitis media. And the other end of the spectrum, you've got cholesteatoma. Mm. Okay. Okay. In the middle is sterile chronic otitis media and then moving on from that is c-cell so it's all really confusing terms i think they should just change the names so let's start with acute otitis media acute otitis media who cares it's acute you'll get better they'll make a recovery if you get recurrent otitis media and i can't remember whether it's because you're getting acute otitis media or whether or not it's because you've got the same underlying cause because it tends to be kids get with a recurrent otitis media have what underlying condition um, tube dysfunction eustachian tube dysfunction that's right they're not getting the ventilation and that's why they keep getting ear infections and i can't remember it's if the chronic otitis media is because they keep getting ear infections or it's because again they've got eustachian tube dysfunction so this is just a normal progression of eustachian tube dysfunction so regardless kids that get lots of ear infections have the potential to turn into chronic otitis media Chronic otitis media, they also call glue ear. Just the same as seats. Which they also call... No. No, it is not. Which they also call otitis media with effusion. Okay. The heaps, heaps confusing thing is, one, it's got three freaking names, which are all the same thing, actually. The other confusing thing is it's absolutely a sterile, non-infective process. Yes. Whereas chronic superative otitis media, by definition, is an infective process. So they're completely different entities. I'll talk about more what that means. But talking about chronic otitis media now, again, before we move on, is everybody comfortable with there's no bugs involved? It's not an infection, Mm -hmm. which is confusing because acute otitis media is an infection, but chronic otitis media is not an infection. And this isn't OM with an effusion. It's just chronic otitis media. No, it is. So that's the confusing thing. thing. It's all the same thing. So chronic otitis media is the same as... OME, otitis media with effusion, is the same as gluia, which is really annoying because they've got completely different connotations in the English language, but it's actually all the same damn thing. Which is just tube dysfunction, air gets reabsorbed, and then the effusion, the fluid gets drawn out and fills up the middle ear for a long period of time. Then you're more likely to get you infections and then you need to see something. Mostly right, but people get too fixated on the fluid. Yeah. There's actually not a lot of it, and it's actually it actually kind of doesn't have any relevance in terms of the pathological process. It's just a thing that you see, and you're like, oh, I wonder if that kid's got chronic otitis media because I can see fluid. That's all. So chronic otitis media is a sterile process. It is basically when you've got eustachian tube dysfunction ongoing, and there's no ventilation, okay? Because there's no airflow, the TM gets sucked inwards. Okay, and doesn't move. And this is the key point. Chronic otitis media doesn't cause pain because it's not infective. Mm -hmm. The main complaint is hearing problems or behavioral problems problems or language problems. Okay, does everybody get that? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Yeah, and that is because the eardrum's not vibrating like it's supposed to because it's sucked in permanently because there's no airflow. There's no ventilation because there's a eustachian tube defect. What's the treatment for chronic otitis media? No, before that. What's the first line? ENT. No, before that. Hearing is, I don't know. Before that, before that. 
Look in the ear. Wait, sorry, you've looked in the ear. You're like, okay, yeah, that, that kid's got glue ear. What do you do with it? First line. Yes. So the vast majority of achronicotitis media actually gets better in a period of three months. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So the first line for chronicotitis media is literally do f*** all. <laughs> love that. Isn't it? Don't you love that? That, I, that I, makes I my job really, easy. Really I really do. I really do. Yeah. And David, I'm actually going to write that down. Hey. Yeah, good. So... If three months later, you're still not winning, the kid's got hearing problems still and you're looking down and it's like, still looks sucked in and yeah. Then you refer to ENT because what will they then do? Yeah, Grommets. Okay. Given that we're talking about a sterile process, what's the role of antibiotics for chronic otitis media? Oh, cool. Exactly right. Exactly right. Don't give antibiotics for chronic otitis media. Very reasonable in a case-by-case basis to give antibiotics for acute otitis media because by definition that's infective potentially bacterial infective but there's like no role for oral amoxil despite what gps think in chronic otitis media nice okay so what how do grommets work continuous ventilation drainage of what good point wrong answer it's purely an airflow device that's why i mean yes a bit of fluid will seep out Whoop to do, but actually, this is the big misconception with chronic otitis so media. It the yes, it is acting as a eustachian tube, mm-hmm. okay. but from outside to in, as opposed to from your throat to in. Because by definition, this whole problem is because they've got eustachian tube dysfunction. So that's what the grommets are doing. So the fluids actually got nothing to do with the pathology of. Like the fluids neither here nor there. If the fluid were hypothetically to stay there, it wouldn't cause any problems. That's not what's causing the hearing loss. That's not what's causing the eardrum to stay still and not vibrate. The problem is pressures and airflow. The fluid is just a fun incidental, just so we can say like, oh, there's fluid. I wonder if they have glue here. That's all. We're talking about like just a couple of mils. So there's this big misconception that if you've got chronotized media, you get this buildup of fluid like a big cyst or something surrounding the ossicles and pushing on everything and making the eardrum. That's not true. That's what I thought it was. Like, yeah, literally. So not true. Yeah, yeah that's exactly better what better sign will be no movement on pneumatic otoscopy mm. yeah. compared to... Oh, this yeah, but that's not to do with the fluid. That's, that's just an pressure. airflow thing. Yeah, that's, yeah, pressure. yeah. So the tube collapses and then there's like a negative pressure. Correct, right? correct. That's why everything gets sucked in. Yeah. That's Sorry, that's why the TM gets sucked in. That's why it's not moving. Yeah. It's yeah. nothing to do with the fluid. The fluid's what just a, like a... It's a sign. It's like a clinical exam sign. So I will say, and I don't know, I don't know whether it's just anecdotally me and I'm just examining or whether it's actually a thing, but no, I was, I was going to say, so in real practice, most of the chronic otitis media I diagnose is based on the story because yeah. the parents bring brought them in and yeah. said like they get heaps of ear infections uh, and I'm worried that they're bit heaps naughty and not speaking properly and it seems like they can't hear. Mm. And then I send them off for tympanometry and there's, you know, no movement of the eardrum. So don't stress if you don't feel like you don't know what it looks like. Me all year. Because that's probably representative of real life. You just hope that if they give it to you an MCQ, they'll make it freaking obvious. Like, and then even then, that's right. And even then on the MCQ will be in the history. Yeah, behavioral issues, no pain. As opposed to like sudden onset pain in the last couple of days and really big red eardrum. So... Everybody get that, that the grommets aren't to do with the fluid and the fluid is neither here nor there. It's just almost a fun examination finding. Just like pulmonary erythema isn't what causes your, 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 your liver to f*** up. It's just, it's just the thing that happens when your liver's f***ed up. So that's chronic otitis media. Let's move down. So let's say 
they don't get it treated, which is sadly so many you know older Aboriginal people these days. They were walking around with gluey this whole time and never got treated. Does it naturally get better though? Yeah, some do. And that's great, but some don't. So let's talk about what happens if you don't get treatment and it doesn't resolve. That's where you developmental issues, isn't it? Correct. And I'm not going to go into that. I'm more talking about what happens with the eardrum and the ear pathology itself. Scarring? Is that what... Well, you get a bacterial superinfection easier. You can turn into C-cell. So chronic otitis media and glue ear and OME are all the same thing. Cool. The natural progression from chronic otitis media is either it's going to resolve by itself, which is ideal. If you're unlucky, it's going to turn into CSOM, which is basically just chronic bacterial infections. That's heaps obvious. Okay, so CSOM is heaps obvious. One, because there'll be shit leaking out everywhere. It'll be pus leaking out. And then what you're supposed to do, tissue spew. Enough pus out at that time so you can at least see the TM and confirm that there's a hole there. Cool. Yep. So it'll be pretty obvious because if you do all that properly, it'll be pretty obvious. There'll be pus and then when you tissue spew it, there'll be a hole and you'll be like, okay, no, there's CSOM. Like, it can't really be anything else. Yeah. Okay. See some, what did we say the treatment was? Superfloxin. Superfloxin drops, that's right. And hypothetically, if that really wasn't winning, then you can move on to oral superfloxin. Okay. Okay. But it's also important to show parents how to do this and say, you know, two or three times a day, three yeah. or four times a day, tissue spew. Should you not be swimming? Is that? Yeah, ideally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you wear those plugs. You wear the plugs, yeah. Well, I guess water gets into your middle ear then. And, you know. It's more dangerous. Yeah. That's kind of like when you. Yeah. And public pools. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like when you put ventilation tubes in, when grommets in, you're supposed to tell them to wear earplugs when they swim. Yeah. For the same reasons. Yeah. Because essentially you've created a hole in the eardrum. Yeah. Yeah. So that's CSOM. What's the other thing? So we talked about in terms of progression. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, useful. chronic otitis media can either self-resolve, it can turn into CSOM, or it can turn into... Cholesteatoma. Yeah, and that's really f***ing bad news. Yeah, yeah. What is a cholesteatoma? Do you get Like, it keratinizes, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a pathological process. In a sentence, what is a cholesteatoma? Epithelial tissue from the external ear in the inner ear. That's right. It's an ectopic ball of squamous cells that have grown in your inner ear that are not supposed to be there by definition because it's ectopic. Okay. Why is that bad? Who cares? Like what's a few skin cells in there? That's right. So this weird chemical thing happens when you've got squamous cells that form into a ball and keep propagating in the inner ear. When they form into a ball, they release a whole bunch of osteolytic enzymes, which then eat your ossicles. It's weird. They don't know why it happens. That is weird, right? That is really weird. That's like... Mad, like that is. Yeah. Like, what is the advantage of being able to eat bone? Yeah. And why? You know, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And why don't we see that anymore? Like, we got squamous cells all over our body. Why doesn't that happen yeah. to other bits and feet? Like, it's so yeah. weird. Yeah. But anyway, it's a thing. It almost sounds made up, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. Yeah. Anyway, it's a thing. So. So, cholesteatoma. What do you reckon would be the presenting complaints? Because yeah. it can destroy muscles. Yes, yeah. pretty much. That's the pretty much number one. And, and then when you go digging, they're like, oh, yeah, I had heaps of ear infections as a kid. And yeah. I've always had, you know, from then on, I've had hearing problems. Yeah. Right. Hang on, let's take a step back. How did the squamous cells get there in the first place? Is it through a Perforations and gone. Not quite. Or is it like an inward In fact, yes. Like so it's not actually from a pair. So where do the squamous cells come from? Where do they come from? They're, they're not supposed to be in the inner ear. How'd they get there? From the outer ear. What part of the outer ear? The canal? 
Yes. Yeah. So your ear canal is composed of squamous cells, Migraine. which makes sense. Mm. Yeah. And unfortunately, if you've got no airflow, we know that if you've got no airflow through your eustachian tube, the TM gets sucked in mm. and has yeah. a little bleb. Yep. And in that bleb, then skin cells, you know, because skin cells fall off, so they fall off your canal and enter in that retraction pocket is the buzzword. Ah, retraction. Okay. And then if you're unlucky, that bit can just get, I don't know the physics behind it, magically sucked through the eardrum into the inner ear. Wow. Okay. So what's the treatment? There's only one treatment for it. It's Mm. surgery. Yeah. What's a mastoidectomy? Yes, very good, very good. Because it tends to be when the cholesteatoma grows and you know burns out the bone, it tends to burn a hole into the mastoid process of the temporal bone and then house itself in there. Okay, so unfortunately, there's no other way to do it other than to literally get a mastoidectomy, which is where they just basically chop off a bit of the mastoid process. Did you get funny after that? No, because this is all microsurgery. Like the ball of squamous cells is microscopic. The problem with cholesteatomas is there's a higher rate of reoccurrence. So it just takes a couple of, it's kind of like fungus, it's stubborn b- It just takes a couple of squamous cells left over in the inner ear to repropagate. What do you do then? Sorry? So you don't take the whole mastoid. That's right, that's right. So you do a, you do a whole bunch of MRIs first and foremost, you see where you're going, then perioperatively you see, and you know, then you get the bit where you think is most likely to house it. But revision mastoidectomies are super common. So the chance of success with your once-off mastoidectomy is actually unfortunately relatively low. The incidence of requiring a revision mastoidectomy is really high. So you just really hope you don't get to the point where a patient has a cholesteatoma in the first place. Yeah. And you know what can you what can you even do to monitor like after the mastoidectomy? What can you even do to monitor? It's basically just bring them back in for clinical review plus or minus MRIs every like couple of years. Mm. So it's all very sort of chasing your tail kind of stuff at that point. So you hope to not get to that point by vaccinating all kids against pneumococcal and, you know, practicing good hand hygiene and all those sorts of things and getting right on top of if a kid has chronic otitis media that's not going away by itself, putting grommets. Solve the problem, solve the ventilation defect, get the airflow going so they don't turn into a cholesteatoma in adult life. Sorry, one last bit. So we talked about grommets being a effective treatment for yeah. chronic otitis yeah. media. Yeah. It's also an effective treatment for recurrent acute otitis media. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, and you know how I was saying I'm not sure whether the chronic otitis media is the product of the multiple yeah. ear infection cells or is it just all the underlying yeah. pathology? Uh, now that I think about it, it is all the underlying pathology. Yeah. Yeah. Hence why when you give grommets for either of those indications, it will yeah. sort it out. What's the other surgery you can get to help with chronic otitis media or recurrent acute otitis media? Like take amyloids? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So it's very routine when the ENT is working them up for chronic otitis media or acute recurrent ear infections, not just to look at things from a chronic otitis, you know, eustachian tube angle, but it's also to think why they're getting eustachian tube dysfunction. Maybe just because, but more commonly in kids, it's because they've got big fat adenoids that have blocked one end of the tunnel. So if you do an adenoidectomy as well as grommets, that also improves his rate of success. Yeah. So that in a nutshell is otitis medius. You've been listening to GP Life Hacks with Dr. David Lamb. Music by Nathan Huiyi. Stop it and say she still is mine.